What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions and our news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 213, special holiday edition. What the special holiday edition means? Well, it means it's just a regular edition, but before a holiday. So uh, there you go. There's a secret. Nothing really special other than listen to me and Ben rant for about 45 minutes to an hour on things that we like and dislike. Uh, but if you... You're already here. If you if you, you knew that, if you're already here, you knew that. So uh, we're going to get into a little bit of NFL later on. But first, um, I don't know if anybody noticed, but the uh, largest contract in the history of North American sports was signed uh, about a week and a half ago now uh, yeah. by Shohei Otani. Uh, there, there were talks of him getting four hundred million dollars. There were talks of him maybe getting five hundred million. And when <laughs> when it came down. Ten years, nine hundred or seven hundred, seven hundred, seven hundred. For some reason, I had nine on my brain. Seven hundred million. I have to be honest. I get, and I know a lot of it's deferred. We'll get into that. I get, and I say it all the time. It's monopoly money and whatever, and it's not real. This contract has made me like sports less. It's made me a little disgusted with the entire process. To be honest with you. And I don't want to be old man yelling at cloud here, but it's like all of these people who get paid exorbitant contracts by these networks, right? Talking about all these spoiled rich athletes, while the common person, which we both fall under that category, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a knock. Just saying, your everyday person who gets up, goes to work, comes home, makes dinner, goes to bed, does it all again, uh, are struggling to not pay seven bucks a dozen for eggs. And we're all supposed to be overjoyed that this rich, already rich athlete has $700 million more to his name. I'm not trying to be a downer. I love sports. But, man, you see stuff like this, and it's just like, that's obscene. That's that's ridiculous. Like, nobody needs this. Like, I don't know. It, 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 and I love Shohei. I think he's – I've been touting his praises since – I can as long as I can remember, as long as I remember seeing him play. Uh, and in the majors, at least, but it's 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 just it's it's gross. It's gross. It's really gross. It's a gross amount of money. It, it it's not. It's it's nuts because what other people don't realize is, yeah, you're getting this revenue from uh you know TV rights deals and things like that, and and but you're also getting it from fans walking through the turnstile. And what we're doing is we're getting to a point now where it's already an asinine amount of money to bring a family to a game. Now, before I was single. If I was dating someone and it was going good, I'd, I'd bring a date to a game. And that was expensive. Never mind with kids, too. And now we're talking these contracts are going to bump up those gate prices. So they're pricing out the common fan. And if you think uh, the common fan isn't going to get disgusted and say, you know, I can't even afford to go. What am I going to watch it on TV for? It, it's just a slippery slope. and It's getting dangerous because even, even the real hardcore fans are getting to the point where they're like, I don't even care what a contract is. This is stupid. This is nuts. Like, I'm out here busting my ass every day trying to, you know, put food on the table and pay rent or mortgage. And these idiots are chasing the ball around the field. And everybody's happy for them. They're getting 40 million, 50 million. Or in Shohei's case, 70 million. Most after he retires, of course. I don't know. I'll know my rant. It's just, it gets, it gets weird after. I was in a weird space when I saw that. Because, oh, one more thing. By the way, Shohei, uh, no one's going to care about you anymore as much as they have in the past couple of months. Because when you go to the Dodgers, 
You went to the team that's just going to buy talent. You didn't go to a place where you're going to – and it's your right to go wherever you want to go. You were a free agent. That's fine. People don't care about the Dodgers. Dodgers fans barely care about the Dodgers. So you went to a place you're going to have, like, you're going to have the most eyes on you, but the least give a damn you could have possibly gotten for signing with any team. All right, I'm done now. I mean, uh, so so where I come from, Chris, uh, what you said is accurate. It kind of gets worse, to be honest, because you didn't mention it, and uh, I think it's important to highlight that because this is this is this is a concern of mine going into the future. I'm all for players getting what they're worth. Mm-hmm. I'm all for getting sure. maximizing their dollar because the owners realistically make billions and billions. So whatever you can get, get. The problem I have with the contract is the way they structured it. Um, look, not everyone's going to do it this way. Uh, it's not the first time someone's done deferred payments. <laughs> it's the uniqueness of how much yeah. is deferred. If you don't know, like like we said, he, he's got a $700 million contract. He is getting paid $2 million a year for 10 years. $2 million. Two, I did not. That's not a misprint. I didn't stutter. $2 million a year. So he is getting six six hundred eighty um, deferred afterwards. So that's sixty eight million dollars a year from twenty 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 thirty four to twenty forty three. Um, California is probably uh, not, if not the highest, one of the highest taxed states in the United States. Like they. Anything they can tax themselves, their citizens on, they will. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the clip of Eric Armstead, a San Francisco 49er. Uh, he showed his game day paycheck. Uh, I swear, I think it went, it, it got cut in half by taxes. And he lived, he worked, works in San Francisco, plays the 49ers. So um, kind of same principle stands, different city, but same state. Um, the fun fact about this is, and I think this is why he did it, um, and he wasn't going to agree any other way, is that the deferred payments, the taxes on that, will be determined by what state he lives in at that point. Don't ask uh, me about Japanese uh, tax laws. I have no idea. Don't want. I'm not going to speak on it. I have no idea. Could it be less than California? Absolutely, it could be. Um, Exchange rate, I don't know what it is. Who knows? All I know is the odds are, unless he was living in New York, I think the his tax breaks are going to be significant as opposed to what he would have had to pay out if he was getting, let's say, $60 million, $62 million a year playing for the Dodgers um, in this 10-year span. I, I think that's a dangerous precedent to set and if you look into the rule book there is no there is no stipulations on the percentage no uh limitation there's nothing there's nothing chris it is you can defer payment but there's no limitations on what now will this be discussed 
I think it's in a year or two, I think they uh, revisit the CBA. Oh, God. I would hope they would put something in place that they can agree on. Um, I know that's a stretch, but. Yeah. I think this is because then, then it kind of sets a team up like the Dodgers where they can, let's say, go and trade for Tyler Glass now. <laughs> Um, and they got somebody else, but I don't remember who, but they got somebody else in that deal and then turn around and give them like a four year. What was it? A four year. I have it right here Four. now. He is 30 years old, but Tyler, Tyler has not, not nothing to shake a stick at. Um, he got five, sorry, five and one thirty six. And as far as I can tell, he's, you know, it's a standard, you know, pitcher's contract. He's getting about 25 in the first year. 30 the pre uh, the preceding three three years after that so it's like a standard contract imagine if every team could do a contract like like Shohei at least one what? for like your superstar and then you can kind of give contracts to other yeah. players that yeah. are representative of where they sit now you've now you've built, you've built yourself uh, a team where you have a superstar that is not paying paid currently superstar money. And then you're able to fill in more top tier players to, to fill out your roster and almost be too competitive. If that's, if that's appropriately to say, I, 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 I mean, they got Mookie, they got Freddie Freeman. Uh, they still got Max Muncie. Oh, Manuel Margot was the guy they, they got in the deal too. A uh, former Red Sox farmhand. Um, and they probably hate to say this if you're out there, it's like they probably have more room to to spend. To be honest, they yeah. are. It's there's unfortunately they're printing money out in uh, L.A. Um, right now they're they're over. Um, I think they're over the tax threshold. Um, but two hundred, yeah. Yeah, they're currently over it a little bit, not too much, but well, it's it's if, go ahead. I, it's just it's just if, bothering me realistically. If he's going to get tax breaks uh, after uh, starting in twenty thirty four for this contract, then uh, residents of the state of New Hampshire be prepared to welcome Shohei Otani in twenty thirty four. Oh yeah, he'll go. Some, uh, he's going to go somewhere. I I, I predicted. Uh, I was talking about it with somebody. I predicted uh, Texas. If he stays in the states, it's yeah. either Texas or Florida. Uh, and look again, like you said, all people getting all the money they can. I'm not saying by any means. I'm not trying to throw stones and say if somebody offered me that kind of money to do something, I wouldn't take it. I'm not knocking anybody for taking it. I'm just saying it's gross that it's even the thing that happens. That's all. Um, can I can I can I make it worse, Chris? Sure, good. Because I, I saw this pop up and I wanted to look for it. And while you're while you're going on your rent, I actually found it on Forbes. Yeah. Um, the price for the opening day ticket for the Dodgers and the Cardinals was. Uh, what's that? Oh, cheapest. Sorry, cheapest was was one hundred ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah. Not crazy, not crazy, but not you know, you know, it's it's and, it's, and I assume that's second hand off like a StubHub or something like that. Uh, no, it just it just says it says available. So who knows? Okay. Um, that like I said, the keyword in my sentence was was. Um, it is now four hundred and fifty five dollars. Oh, okay. Um, and that's according to secondary market ticket data from a uh, tick tick IQ. Uh, 
So it doubled in the first 24 hours and then increased another 16%. And this was as of, as of, this article was written out, I guess it was by Forbes, um, December 13th, it was published. So like, it's, that's bad. And that's, Chris, that's Dodgers Cardinals. You got to think the competition in that market, in that division, we're talking about the Giants, like that, that ticket right there. So there's, uh, like we discussed before the show, like they did pick up a, a talented guy from the KBO. Um, I don't remember his name, but uh, as an outfielder, it kind of fits what they want. Mm-hmm. He's a slap hitter. He's not a power hitter, but um, it's, it's going to climb for that too. Like, Dugouts, oh my god! Dugout club seats are almost ten k. Yeah, for a regular everyday game, like, yeah. who's who's paying that? If you're not already rich, who's paying that? Nobody. This is the opening day, so so when we go, when we look at um major companies that hand out their tickets to their employees, uh, people that make ten k every two minutes of the day, like that's the kind of people that are gonna pay ten. Nobody that's working nine to five. No, or no. Let's 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 disregard nine to five because that's that's old thought. Anyone who's anyone who's making like less than two hundred k is gonna have to look at that number and say, yeah, yeah, that's not for me. Unless you make that much or you have reoccurring income on a massive scale, you're not even considering going to a game anymore. Right, and the disgusting part then is also Shohei is a like a massive figurehead in Japan. So you're the Dodgers. Guess what you just got? An influx of cash from that market because he is that kind of figure. And they're gonna print massive amounts of jerseys. They're gonna it's just gonna and then they're gonna have people come over from Japan and, and Eastern Asia to to watch the games, to see Shohei. Um his first game. Oh my god, what was his first game? It's it's a series in oh, where is it? I think it's South Korea. Yeah, the opening, it's an expedition, I think, but it's his first game with the Dodgers will be a South Korea expedition game. Uh, I don't know what team he's facing, but like they're going to, like they're not going to get the gate for that, but they're Dodgers just advertisement alone, just getting, selling the merchandise. The, the, the insanity. Now, if that's a secondary market that you think it's, that's, there's nothing the Dodgers can do. Right, right. But but they can suppress the price of the everyday ticket because, like, you guys are just – you guys just signed this guy, and you're barely paying him money. You're you're paying – you're probably paying a bench player a little bit more than you're paying Shohei. And you're going to gouge your, your fan base. They're not going to show up. First off. Dodger fans don't really show up until what the third inning, yeah, and leave on the seventh inning. So, yeah, and you know it's going to be a disappointment. They're going to get the booze if they're not winning a division by the middle of May. So it, it's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about too. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I, before no, I go forget, ahead, go ahead. It, it, it's do the Dodgers have a bunch of great players on their team? Absolutely, they have a freaking All Star team. It's insane. And maybe they'll go ahead and they'll go out and they'll dominate and win 120 games this year. And and Shohei will hit 
bunch of home runs and he'll be worth every penny if you can be worth every penny of that much money. Uh, or maybe they're going to have so many stars and not enough role players, not enough guys to keep the wheel moving, that they're just going to do what they seem to do in everything except a, a, a pandemic-shortened season, and that's flop when the competition gets stiff. The Dodgers are great at winning 100 games a year, but then you get to October, and it's, well, we're going to lose to this team that won, that was a wild card winner that won 40 games less than we did. <laughs> it's like it is, It's like clockwork. And, oh, we're going to get Mookie. That's going to make a difference. We're going to not re-sign this guy. That's going to make a difference. Yeah, then he goes to the, you know, another team and wins. Uh, oh, maybe you should have kept that role player. No, no, that's okay because we went out and we signed somebody for $700 million. But it's all deferred, so it's okay. All right. Well, number one, there's no guarantee in 2025 when this guy picks up a ball again to pitch, he's going to be the same guy. Right. After his second Tommy John surgery. Or he's not going to re-injure himself because he's playing the field. They make a lot of accommodations for this guy to play the way he wants to play. And, in fairness, he plays at a high level and proves that it was a good idea to let him do that. But it's going to be a good idea to let him do that until it isn't. And when it isn't, the Dodgers are going to have a very big bill with very little to show for it. Or should I say, show hay for it? <laughs> See what you did there. I really shouldn't do that. I hate myself for doing that. I apologize, everyone. But, I mean, hey, like I said, I like Shohei. He's clearly a phenomenal talent. I'm not trying to dog the guy. And if I had that chance, shot to get that kind of money, I would too. It's just kind of gross. It's it's kind of hard to continue to see these contracts go up and up and up while the everyday person is just getting priced out of these events. It's insane. It's nuts. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And the money counts towards their salary, so or their, their, their payroll, so. Like in twenty between twenty thirty four and whatever the end is, mm-hmm. sixty eight million deferred payment to Shohei Atani is going to hit the books. Oh yeah. <clears throat> what their plan is going to be, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what kind of investment they're going to put in. That could also realistically just go into a full rebuild at that point, if they don't have the talent, the the, the farm system to really put a contending team on the field, but. This is this is something that needs to be addressed in the CBA where they can limit how much can be deferred because $68 million a year, $680 million completely deferred to open up opportunity. And I just look, they have they still have room to assign more players. They're not over the uh, threshold so they can they have more wiggle room they can sign more players they can make trades they can mm-hmm. do whatever they want um and this is the Dodgers they're gonna go over oh yeah they they don't care they just yeah. want to win they realistically the 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 roster they put up the past what would you say decade give or take yeah roughly yeah around there they should have they got one right they got one yeah. ring they should have half uh, a dozen. I guess in a sixty game season. Right, so they got the 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 cheap one. Um, they should have a half a dozen World Series yeah. rings. Oh yeah, the talent and level. Yeah, this should be the, this should be the Patriots or the current iteration of the Chiefs, where they're just. Oh, I'm glad you minimum, brought them up. I'm glad you brought them up because I had a comment at, on them next. At minimum, they should be um, 
they should be in the championship game each year and they should have multiple rings. It's I just think they need to look the, the the CBA needs to be looked at seriously when it comes up and they need to understand for competitive balance, not every team can sign this kind of contract and bury their future. Because that's at minimum half the teams are yeah. gonna if they do this, they're more and they're not mortgaging their future. They're sacrificing their future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say how long how long until the uh how long until the Chiefs go and give Mahomes ten for seven fifty because they gotta make him the high we don't know how important it is that he has the highest contract in North America, so it'll be interesting. Um I know their their payroll structure is slightly different. They can't do the same thing, but no. If if he if he feels like he needs that level of importance, I it wouldn't shock me if he they reworked his deal. But um yeah. If you're the front office, you got to look at it and say, and it's not his fault. I'm going to preface it. This is not his fault. That catch, like MVS a couple weeks ago should have made that catch. That was an easy in-the-bucket catch, and he fl- he messed it up. Kadavius Tony this the, the two, week, two weeks ago, that was on him. Oh, Mah- Kadavius Tony not coming through when he's needed. Stop right. me if you've heard this. Um, Patrick's putting the ball where it needs to be. Yep. It's just they haven't selected the correct players to complement with Travis Kelsey. And when I mean players, I mean specifically wide receivers. Like they just haven't maybe maybe Rice is, is the guy, but and if you're the front office, you're gonna look at that. They're gonna look at that and say, Well, we're paying you all this money. You're supposed to make these players better. You're not. Sorry, we can't make that accommodation to raise your salary. And that's where that's where the animosity starts to brew between the front office and the player, especially when Mahomes is probably the best player in the league. Um, he's even if he's not an MVP conversation, like he's he's just that good right now, where he could just he can make talented players better. But like case in point, Kadavius Tony is just. Not a good player. Like, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant on since you already went on yours. <laughs> I, I I just I'm beside myself. I know we're supposed to go to Aaron, but the way Mahomes and Andy Reid acted after oh, yeah. that game, yeah, was just atrocious. He yeah. was offsides. He was I've a seen... foot offside. Stevie Wonder could have called that penalty. It's insane. That's that's funny because I saw a meme about that too. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, and actually said that. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot of commentary. It is very clear what side of the ball. If it's an ex-player, it's very clear on what side of the ball they fall on, on their opinion on this topic. If they're on the offense, they accuse the ref of being at fault. If they're on defense, the defense doesn't get that same courtesy, so why should the offense? Right. I, I agree on the defense. And you do see Catavius Tony look to the sideline like he's going to ask the question, but he very quickly turns his head back. So I don't really care what he has to say. I don't care what Mahomes has to say. You lined up off sides. It's your fault. You're the dumbass that did it. Not, it's not the defense's fault. It's not the ref's fault. I watched, I did not watch. Uh, I wa- I read the transcript of the ref from the game about 
his thoughts, and I think it was dead on. It was, hey, he lined up offside egregiously, and there, there's we're going to call it. You know, even Frank and, Clark was like, "Dude, gotta watch your foot." Right, and and it's just sad. It's it's sad, and I understand what, uh, the play, the, the play that was made. Guess what, Chris? If a if Kelsey doesn't make that catch. B, if Kelsey makes the catch but gets tackled, or C, ready for this, if he makes the catch, doesn't get tackled, and he throws the ball back to Tony and Tony misses the ball, we're not having this conversation. Right. The flag still gets thrown. Uh, thrown. Um. And if any part of that doesn't go through, then guess what? Then they have to come up with some other excuse not to alienate Cadavius Tony. Because in my opinion, that's what they're doing. They're trying to protect Tony because they have no other option. Sky Moore is not the answer. He fumbled. He he uh, he, he fumbled it, but they they got penal. Uh, oh, they got, he fumbled it this weekend against the Patriots, and there was a penalty on the place so that got. Which I'm not even getting that penalty because that was not it. Um, Kadavius Tony is not the answer. MVS, I like MVS, but he is just butterfingers right now. Um, and then uh, was it Rashid Rice? Rashid Rice looks good. He does look. He, he does looks look good, really good, but yeah. he's not like he's not catching every ball thrown him. But no one catches any ball thrown him. Um, and Kelsey, like they can't alienate anybody because they need all the they need every one of these players to be on the field because they now cannot trade for anybody. Anybody they pick up on the trash heap is not going to be as good. And it's really sad. Like, if you've noticed, the Chiefs' utilization of Kadavius Tony is to try to reduce the amount of space that Patrick Mahomes has to send him the ball, which is handoff, pitch, a flip back, or someone else flips it back to him. Because he's got he's fast. He's got speed. His hands are stone. That's what they are. So, Clifford Franklin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm just beside myself that that Mahomes. Now they got both got fined, which they should have because yeah. they acted like complete, like the complete a holes. And Mahomes, like he went down on he went down a peg on my book because I yeah I had no issues with him. Uh, even their dominance. Usually, when a player or a team is dominant. The, the worm starts to turn on him a little bit. I haven't turned on him because I just think he does a lot of things the right way. Mm-hmm. This is one of those instances where he just he's just down a peg, and there's there's just no way to put it other, any other way. He's he's just taken a notch down. Um, he's not he hasn't made any comments to to show that he was wrong because he cannot lose this player because he knows Andy Reid knows that if they do anything more to Kadavius Tony publicly than <laughs> that the fans do, uh commentators do, they're gonna lose him. Yep. And they need him for at least the rest of the season. And I I, I just I found the Chiefs I reset that ride wide receiver room starting this offseason. That's what I would do. Well, you know, you said before when you were talking about uh, current about the Dodgers should have enough championships to be comparable to the Patriots and now the Chiefs. I'm I'm going to argue that 
and people are gonna argue because it's it's a what have you done for me lately world, but that the Chiefs are not if you still consider the Chiefs a dynasty, you're not within the next couple of years. I'm sorry. It's not gonna happen. And the reason isn't because Mahomes isn't talented. He is prodigiously talented. He is amazing. I take nothing back about his talent on the field. The thing is, exactly what we've been saying is gonna happen is starting to happen. And it has been for the past few seasons, just not to the extent it is now. Whereas you have a a team with I'll absolutely agree with you. The best player in the league. Mahomes is dynamic. He is amazing. But he also is not the team player that Tom Brady was. He's just not. And look, nobody is. None of these current superstars are. Again, I don't fault them for getting their money. But you can't take all your money and not leave anything on the books and then go, why could you not get me uh, players to compete with? Because here's the thing. When the Patriots were the dynasty that they were for two decades, they were not the NFL darlings. Because there's a lot of things a lot of teams did that the NFL looked the other direction. You know, deflate gate nonsense, which, again, fourth grade science class can, you know, contradict. But you're not supposed to say that because people who don't like the Patriots don't want to hear it. Oh, well, get over it. Then don't listen. Sorry. Uh, I'm just kidding. Please listen. Um but, you know, it's – it's they – you had Aaron Rodgers come out. We'll get to him. And Eli Manning both come out and say, oh, they messed with the ball too. Nobody batted an eye. Nobody cared. Why? Because they weren't the evil empire. And Tom Brady – Tom Brady has made less than $300 million. And, and obviously he made a lot more overall with incentives – um, not incentives, but like uh, – endorsements and stuff like that. But salary-wise, he made less than $300 million his entire 20-year career. And mind you, he got $25 million a year the last two years each from the, the Buccaneers. So that means right. with the Patriots, he made under uh, God, probably what Daniel Jones is going to make in his career by the time it's over with, which is just absurd. Uh, so Nobody can ever say he wasn't a team player because he could have gone for those massive contracts. He probably, in his prime, could have gone to any team in free agency and said, I want the biggest contract in the history of sports. He didn't. He wanted to win. He wanted to stay in the system. He knew and win. And he knew the money would be there on the back end when it came time for endorsements and all that other stuff. Mahomes just wanted the biggest contract. The Chiefs wanted to give Mahomes the biggest contract. And now they had to trade Tyreek Hill. They had Chris Jones almost... Didn't want to play this year, but he had to, you know, mess with his contract, give him a little bit more. You think he's coming back next year? Probably not. Mahomes is amazing. Kelsey is amazing. Look, I think he's got a crappy attitude. I think he's an a-hole, honestly, from everything I've seen from the guy. But he is incredibly talented. And he might be the best tight end in NFL history. And I don't like saying that because we had Gronk, but this dude stayed healthy and he's played consistently far better than Gronk ever could. Um, But... It, it, you're starting to see what happens when you can't take care of every part of your team. Right. They don't, like you said, they can't make a trade. They can't go and get a big free agent because not only do they have all this money they're using, but now they have all these other things that get tied up in, 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 in big money like that. Oh, you, you adjust the contract. That's fine, but you're still going to lose some here. You're going to lose some there. You might add some here, but you lose it there. It's like, can only doctor it so much. And I don't mean to say that they're doing anything illegal. They're, I'm sure they're within the rule book, but you can still only do so much. And now you're starting to see the Chiefs. I said my comment earlier about the, about the Patriots not being the NFL, you know, sweethearts when they were on their run. The Chiefs have been. 
the Chiefs have eaten up all of this love. The NFL is just pushing everything Chiefs related, especially since Kelsey started dating his his, his girlfriend. And I'm not faulting her. She's just watching her boyfriend play a game. Um, but like all this stuff, and they're not used to not getting the calls because they get the benefit of the doubt because the league loves putting them in their in their prime time games. And they didn't get this call because, like you said, anybody. You didn't have to have an eagle eye to see Kadarius Tony foot was a, uh, a foot was six inches past the line of scrimmage. You yep. could see it from the stand. You could see it from the parking lot. And for Reed and the two guys who are supposed to be the face and the leadership on that team to come out and say, oh, this is why we lost him. And, and, and to go on this fit. This ridiculous tantrum that they threw, other than say, is, is absurd. And say what you want to say about Tom Brady. Tom Brady would have come out and said, "Look, you know, other things we could have done to win that game. We can't put it on one play." Uh, now, behind closed doors, I'm sure they were cursing the refs up and down. Right, but that's fine. That's behind closed doors. You're not in the media looking like a child. So Mahomes just made himself look an idiot, <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's like. You're you're not you're not invincible, man. Like if if you want to be competitive and you want to keep getting these allowances that you've gotten, you you gotta give up a little bit of that money and let your team build around you. Otherwise, I mean it's gonna be you should be a MVP candidate to the day you decide to stop throwing a football. Because you're that damn good. You really are. You're one of the best that's ever played, and you're only only a fraction into your career. If you stay healthy, you could break every passing record in existence. And there's not many people I feel can do that. There's a lot of talented guys, but I don't feel Burrow is going to do that. He's too injury prone. Herbert's not going to do that. He can't. He doesn't play on good enough teams. They don't have the kind of uh, traction towards those records that Mahomes already has. He's the best. But everyone who's the best, you st- you still need help in football. It is, it is such a team game. You can't just have one guy come in and do it all. And you're seeing that now because there's no money for anyone else. You've already lost talent. You're going to lose more talent. And unless you say, you don't have to make me the highest paid player in the league. I don't care. I want to win. You're going to have a lot of lot of more seasons where instead of being a 13, 14, 15 game winner, you're kind of chasing a mid-level wild card spot. And when you get into those games in the postseason with the teams that have those studs that have a well-built team, well, you're gonna be going home early. Yeah, and they made that decision. They saddled their um, their bags to to Patrick Mahomes, and you know they have their 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 investment on offense is primarily why they are in the position they're in. And I just I don't know what they're like. You mentioned Chris Jones. Chris Jones, his contract voids at the end of the season, mm-hmm. so he's getting eighteen this year. You're gonna pay him eighteen next year because that's more than half of what the more than half of what you have available without restructuring contracts. And who's gonna restructure? Joe Tooney, Jawan Taylor, Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. MVS, like MVS should, but 
what's that going to do for you? Like, you're, you're, he's, Patrick Mahomes is going to make 57 million next year. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. it. That's it. That is 23% of their salary cap. That is that is chapter and verse their problem. And if they don't fix that, then you better have these rookies and second-year guys come in as wide receivers and be game-breakers and still have Travis Kelsey. But once he goes, once he loses a step, once he's unable to do certain things, now you don't have that dynamic player. Now Patrick can't get him the ball, or he can't make those breakaway plays, those clutch catches. Like this, this is where it starts to fall apart, and it's up to Patrick Mahomes because he's going to be there for a while because he is not that old. No, Mahomes is Mahomes is twenty eight years old, like. If he takes care of himself, he takes care of his body, he's got another 10 years in him. It's just, it's not conducive for longevity. So he needs to think about what he wants to do for the future. If if someone's going to restructure their contract to make enough money available, he's got to lead by example. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens there. I, I don't have much faith in any of these guys anymore that are going to be the best of the team in the long run. It's just, it, it makes it a crapshoot. Uh, you want to get on to our, our our kind of breakdown of the conferences, or you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers real quick? No, we can talk about Rodgers real quick. I just, and I'm not going to go on a long rant here. I've already gone on a few of those. Uh, I guess it was like, I guess I am turning the old man yelling at clouds, but whatever, I don't care. Um. I, you know, you listen to you, people listen to a sports podcast for opinions. So that's what you're going to get. Uh, Aaron Rodgers came out now that the Jets aren't in playoff contention anymore. Uh, they like they might have been for a while, middle of the season. They had, you know, a little bit of that. You know, maybe Zach Wilson might turn the corner. It didn't quite happen. Uh, you know, he was shaky, consistency wise, as usual. Um, and he, he had a lot of, uh, a lot of was said about, oh, well, Rodgers is going to come back. If they're in contention by, like, week 13, 14, maybe even 15, he's going to come back because he had this, I guess, I don't want to say experimental, like he had done in some kind of shady lab somewhere, but this not not too commonly done, I'd say alternative uh, surgery done for his torn ACL, which he tore on the fourth play of week one after endlessly hearing about him in the media, uh, which is what happens. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, he now has come out and said that it's unrealistic. Of course he went on McAfee show to do and not follow McAfee for that dude's a brilliant promoter. He knows people are going to care about Rogers. So he's going to put him on there and let him talk and he's going to get viewers. Not that he needs it, but he's gonna, uh, but you know, Rogers of course makes everything about Rogers, which is why as, as talented as he is and a back to back MVP, Green Bay was like, yeah, you can go. It's fine. Whatever. We're tired of dealing with the headache. It's not worth it. We'll 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 rebuild. We're not going to deal with your nonsense. Uh, and of course, he went to the Jets. Did he go to the Jets because they're competitive? No, he went to the Jets because he knew they'd roll out the red carpet for him. They'd stroke his ego endlessly. They, they they'd make a biggest deal about him in the world because you know whether the Jets have been competitive the last couple of decades or not. And they've had their times where they were. Uh, 
New York is still one of the biggest markets on the face of the earth, if not the biggest market on the face of the earth. And he knows he's going to get all the attention he can handle. Well, now, all of a sudden, that he can't come in and make it about him in the playoffs, it's, oh, well, it was unrealistic to ever expect I could do that. Unrealistic. Well, it seems to be me that you're the moron who was sitting there for the past uh, 13, 14 weeks going, just get us there, guys. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. And now that they're out of contention and you can't get your heroes welcome, it's, well, it's unrealistic. I can't. I'll see you next year. Fine. But it just goes to show more more points toward the character. Wait, this guy's all about Aaron. Always has been. Always will be. I mean, you're right. There's just... It, it, it's just funny how... Before, it wasn't just Aaron saying this. It was Robert Sala. The organization... We'll see what happens when it gets there, you know, kind of playing this long game. And now it's Salah saying, nope, he's not playing. Roger saying, nope, it's not realistic. Was realistic before. Now it's not. Yeah, always. Yeah. I always, I always said, like, once they're eliminated for playoffs, he wasn't going to play. There was no chance. There was no realistic reason for him to play at the end of the season in a season where they're not making the playoffs. Like, you just don't do that. So, I knew this was going to happen because just look at their roster. Look at who they have, who they started at quarterback after Aaron Rodgers. Wilson's now out with concussion protocol. Tim Boyle got cut, benched and cut. Trevor Simeon finished the game. They got Brett Rippon on their, on their roster as well. They're just not good. It's just – it's – was never going to happen for them. They're, the the AF, AFC is, there's no one at the top, really, but it's very competitive. And there was no chance for the Jets because, and I'm just looking at the standings, they're, they're already eliminated. Now, the Patriots were eliminated already, and the Panthers were eliminated already. But we're in week, what, 15? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they got eliminated this past weekend. So getting eliminated this early should have should have told them something that they just offensively it's just like um when you look at other teams that have start like like the Cincinnati Bengals, they're still competitive. They're in the hunt. They have Jake Browning. I, I for what he is, he's he's shown uh a shown ability to pass the ball. He's also throwing to three elite wide receivers. Um, and that kind of speaks to how the, the Jets have constructed their offense, where they do have Garrett Wilson. But what do they have after that? So All the guys it, Rogers wanted to bring in that were going to make a difference. And she's yeah. not there. So, like, what are we – it's roster construction. And, and I'm not going to sit here and throw rocks at – because I'm sitting in a glass house right now, so I'm not going to throw rocks. Roster construction was a problem with the Patriots too. Oh, so. oh dude, our team sucks too. Like we're not, it's yeah. not we're not. Yeah, <laughs> we, we won't wear that. We're we're thrown from the same position, so uh, I'm not sitting here. You know, from a higher ground, it's just facts. The facts are the facts. You can construct a roster if you have a 
great wide receiver, a couple good wide receivers. Look at the Seattle Seahawks, man. They pulled it off on Monday night. It was a crazy comeback. That was fun. But who do they have, man? They got they got Jackson's been the jig, but they just drafted in the first round. They have the one of the best wide receivers in DK, and they still have Tyler Lockett. Like they have the weapons. If you have the weapons and your quarterback's not hamstringing you with their with his contract, you can have a serviceable backup ready in the wings, especially if they've been in the system two, two, three years. They can come in and perform admirably for a time and be productive. And I mean, look at look at the Houston Texans this weekend, Chris. They had Davis Mills. Uh, they started. I'm sorry, they started. Uh, what's his name? Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. And then they went to Davis Mills real quick. But that was, I think, that was a construct of C.J. Stroud putting the ball where it needed to be to Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz. They're not extremely talented players, but they're good. And then. CJ Stroud is is ascending to that type of player that is elevating his teammates. But you put in Case Keenum, you put in Davis Mills, that's what you get. So it's roster, roster construction. That's all it is. Yeah. Wow. And unfortunately, the Jets decided, like you said, after Garrett Wilson, it was Aaron Rodgers' boys. That doesn't help you. No. Does not help you. And I don't know if you saw the clip of Garrett Wilson kind of – it looked like he was complaining to, to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers just looked like, there's nothing I can do, man. I, I'm out. I'm injured. There's nothing I can do for you. He had that look. So all's not well in New York. Um, maybe next year will be better for them. But honestly, like – the, the guys he brought in are going to be a year older. Dude, so. on top of him being a year older, everybody's talking about, oh, they're going to go trade for Devontae Adams from the Raiders. It's like, okay, we had Devontae Adams and all these other guys in Green Bay with him, and they didn't win. And we're talking about an experimental uh, Achilles surgery. Right. Who's to say that's 100% right. guaranteed to hold up? So there's there's that. The, the Dolphins are still going to be good. I would say the Bills are probably still going to be good. I don't yep. know for sure. And just looking at the uh, – and then we can we can kind of dip into the the standings at this point, Chris. But conference-wise, like, obviously out – you know, injuries are outliers. But we're, we're just – I'm just looking at teams that – other than Cleveland – the Browns, man, they're just – it looks like those teams – a lot of those teams are just going to be around next year. That's just my perception of it. Yeah, and honestly, I don't I don't really see the Browns going anywhere either. I mean, unless, you know, Watson comes back and bombs. <laughs> Good thing you give him a guaranteed contract. Right. Um, yeah, it looks like – I mean, right now the number one and two seeds uh, – uh, now I don't think these teams have clinched a one and two seeds, but they have clinched a playoff spot. That's the Ravens and the 49ers, both at 11 and three. Um. And the NFC, two more teams, the Cowboys and Eagles have both clinched. Um, and then it's some pretty fun competition yep. for the for, for, for the rest of the spots. I mean, some teams you might not expect. And, uh, yeah, the Dolphins, number two. 
Chiefs are still three despite losing five games, which I don't think they've lost in many years. I mean, <laughs> at least not the way they have. Uh, and then Jaguars, Browns, Bengals, Colts rounding out, you know, the top the top seven, uh, you know, um, in, in the hunt. And then you have Lions, Bucks, Vikings, and Rams in the NFC on top with along with the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles. I mean, it's I mean, there's some teams you can say, yeah, this team's better than that team. I think this team would beat that team, but we've seen some amazing teams yeah. go on, you know, a couple game losing streaks and then bounce back and be fine. Uh and then we you know, we've seen teams that are kind of mowing people down lose what should be a cupcake game. And look pretty stupid, and then not look the same for a few weeks. So, I think this year it is more wide open than I can remember in in many many years. Uh, I don't think you have those two or three teams where it's like, yeah, one of those guys is definitely going to win. I mean, you think there's teams that are definitely favored, but I could honestly see any of these teams beating any other teams. And, and you look on, on the bubble in both conferences. You know, you have the Texans. Which, I mean, they'd probably be in a playoff contention right now if it wasn't for the fact that C.J. Stroud has been out the last couple of weeks because he was playing. I mean, he's probably still going to win Rookie of the Year, hands down. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he's been playing tremendously well. And I think, you know, they have him back for the last few games if he can get healthy from the concussion, which is obviously no joke. You want him to make sure he has a good long career. You don't want to put this guy out there and get him hurt. But, I mean, the Texans are going to be competitive. The Bills should be in a playoff spot already. They're just... Again, the Bills acting like they won the Super Bowl before they have a ring on their finger a couple years ago, and now they're kind of like on the tail end of their window, their dominant window, kind of falling back into contention as a good but kind of pedestrian mid-level team. Right. And Josh Allen's contract is going to start getting pricier. You're getting into the couple of years now, and it's it's going to be difficult for them too. You know, NFC Seahawks, somehow the Saints, Falcons, which shocks me, are, you know, are they as likely to make the playoffs? Probably not. The teams that are kind of already standing pat will probably be there. Uh, but they're in contention. And if you're one of those fan bases, it's still exciting and you never know. They have talent. We saw we saw the Seahawks come back against the Eagles on uh on Sunday night football. Or was that Monday night? That was Monday night. Yeah. God, I'm losing track of days now. I can't remember what days what anymore. Uh I, I mean that was you know, that's a incredibly good Eagles team. Very solid Eagles team. Could see them in a Super Bowl again this year. They're that good. And uh, Seahawks, you know, came back and beat them. And it's like, nobody's really untouchable right now. It's, it's, so, so this is one thing we do differ about. I think there's one, one team and that's the Niners that kind of sets aside from the others. Health is, is pivotal to them. Um, Utilization of what, CMC what, what, and and wait, Debo didn't didn't you hear when they lost a few games that they had figured out Brock Purdy and he was only a game manager? Yep. Didn't remember. Remember they said that. Yep. And it, all he's done is kill it ever since then. Yes, he has. <laughs> he has. Um, I'm not going to sit there and and tell you that you know he's not a product of the system. He's a product of having exceptional talent around him. Um, but I will say. And and I, I've learned this from being around 49ers fans the past, I'd say, week and a half, two weeks. Um, they're doing things, I've heard, 
Shanahan say they're doing things that um are outside of what any standard quarterback would have done, like what it, what Jimmy would have done. Mm-hmm. They're allowing him to do a little bit more because he's showing that he can do a little bit more. Yep. Some of these passes he's hitting are dimes. And um I'm very impressed with what he's where he's come from uh to where he you know drafting last in the draft two that the last year and now he's uh, he's he's arguably the MVP of the league arguably um outside of major injuries like they're I think they're a clear favorite um the the big question mark will be this kind of I think the wild card in the AFC is kind of where you're looking at that, and that's kind of like where where is this going to settle? Because right now Cleveland is the number one. I just don't. I don't know about you, Chris. I don't buy them as a legit playoff team. They're just kind of nickel and diming their way through this. Um, in Cincinnati, I don't know if they're for real, and. Indy, like those three teams are just kind of being gutsy and getting getting wins where you don't expect them to get wins. And it's kind of comes around what Houston can do to get CJ on the like you said, we don't want CJ on the field if he's not fully healthy. He doesn't clear concussion protocol, but if CJ gets back on the field, like I can see last three games where he could just muscle his team to the playoffs. And beat one of these other teams because they're. I just think these three teams in the wild card are kind of just smoking mirrors, to be honest. Um, and we do have, we do have a week seventeen Cleveland Browns Cincinnati Bengals. That's that's kind of going to be a big deal late in the season. What is what is your thought on those three teams, Chris? Which ones? The uh, uh, the Browns, the Bengals, because th- those are the three. Those are the three wild card teams. If everything ended today, it's the Browns, the Bengals, Colts in that order that make the playoffs in the wild card spots. I just think Houston and, and Buffalo can put it together and knock two of those teams out. I just think more, more specifically the Browns. Um, but I think also the Bengals and Colts are kind of doing everything by smoke and mirrors. Honestly, it's it's kind of funny you mention that because I thought of all of those three teams, I, I'd actually uh, pick the Browns of those three teams that could make it only, only for the fact that it looks like Jamar Chase is going to miss time now for the right. Bengals. And Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, I mean, a healthy Jonathan Taylor up to speed heading into the playoffs, I don't care what your seeding is. You have a leg up. That's that's great. But who knows if he's going to be? He hasn't played in a few weeks after not starting after not playing the first four or five games of the season. And uh, you know, it's it's. I have a hard time. I know he's done okay, and they, they've won games. They're in this spot, but I mean, I I don't, I don't fear Gardner Minshew going against C.J. Stroud or Josh Allen if it comes down to it <laughs> for that last spot. Um. And and you know yeah the Bengals have gutted out some wins and they've they've 
don't need to do since Burrow went out, but Higgins has been banged up already this year, as good as he's played. How much extra attention is going to go on him now that Jamar Chase isn't going to be on the field? And, you know, Higgins Higgins is probably a wide receiver one in this league. I have no problem saying that. I know he is a wide receiver one. He's good enough to be a wide receiver one, without a doubt. But, like, does it translate when you don't just say it and you have to prove it? Like, when Chase isn't there, does he get the numbers to justify being a wide receiver one? Who knows? And uh, the Browns, yeah, I mean, do I have a ton of confidence in them? Absolutely not. But, like you said, they're still grinding it out. Do I see Cleveland representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. But I think they might be able to, you know, I think the Bengals and Colts are going to fall off, and I think Cleveland can take one of those final three spots. I think you're right. I think the Texans and the Bills do find a way to sneak in. And I think uh, I think they get in there with Cleveland, and I think the Bengals and Colts are on the outside looking in. Um, just real quick about your your uh, the, your your talk about the kind of the top of the conferences. Um, I I think the Forty ers are a damn fine team, and I think offensively and defensively are the most complete team in the NFL. I mean, the defensive players they have are amazing. The offensive players they have are great. And I am not a person to fault somebody for uh, producing inside the system that they play in. So for me, like Brock Purdy, when they said he was a – Cam Newton came out and said he was a game manager. Like, he's a second-year player still learning a system, dude. Like, they're still they're – still, I know he's a second-year, but they're kind of figuring out still what this guy can do. Like, it takes a good couple of years to really figure that out. And I don't fault him at all for – uh, performing with the players he has around him because there's a lot of guys that have talent around them that don't perform. Jimmy Garoppolo would not be, this team would not be as scary with Jimmy G as quarterback. This team would not be as scary with any of the other litany of people they've tried throwing at quarterback positions since they drafted Alex Smith and was hoping he was the guy. Brock Purdy is somebody who, uh, we said it before, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady, but it's a similar story. You know, late, late, late pick in the draft. A lot of guys drafted in front of him, and he just comes out, and he keeps learning, and he keeps progressing, and he keeps producing, and the team puts talent around him, and he produces with that talent, which is all you can ask anybody. So they're a damn fine team. I, They are capable of slipping up, though. That's that's all I'm saying is that these teams are capable of slipping up. Like, we saw San Fran go on a bit of a losing streak. Uh, they, I think they lost all three of the games they've lost this year in a row, uh, and then they came back strong. I said, not not dogging them. They've come back and they've they've put down some really good teams. Was it back to back weeks they crushed the Cowboys and and the Eagles? Pretty sure. Say, no, no, no. Uh, Cowboys they beat in week two, four, five, and the Eagles they beat about uh, th- three weeks ago. It's that long ago. Oh, okay, I thought uh, somebody said no. the Cowboys game was recent. It's all been a blur. Uh, but either way, I mean, they, they beat both those games. And, and again, like the Eagles, oh, they've lost three in a row. Look, there's a lot of momentum that comes with winning as much as the Eagles won early in the year, and it happens. Eagles are not a team I would want to face in the playoff as I was any other team. The e- I, I still think, I know Cowboys fans are going to hate this, but I have no faith in your offense. Uh, Dak, I mean, is good. And I understand why you resigned him when you did, 
but that offense is not what they once were, and the defense is, is fantastic. But if they get down early, they don't have the kind of offense that's going to come down from a, a two or three touchdown deficit. Eagles have an outstanding defense and an and a, and a, and a outstanding quarterback and a very good offense, and, and the, the Niners all around are just a fantastic team. I totally see it being a rematch this year, San Fran and Philadelphia NFC Championship game, and I'm hoping everyone's healthy so these two teams can just slug it out because that's a lot of fun. And, you know, Baltimore, number one in the AFC. I mean, you want to talk about, and I don't mean this in any kind of negative way, but the quietest 11-3 and one seed I can remember. Yeah. Like, and again, all I mean by that isn't they don't deserve it or bad. I just mean they're just putting their head down and winning games and doing what they do. And they keep losing people to injury, and they keep plugging people in and getting their job done. And it's just like, you know, Lamar's done what Malar, M- M- Malar. Lamar has done what Lamar does. And, uh, you know, they lost a young running back, uh, Mitchell, this past week, ACL tear. I don't – if I was a running back, I would never, ever want to be drafted by the the uh, Ravens because I think it's a prerequisite to tear your ACL in your rookie season to play for Baltimore. It's just the poor guys who've done that and had that uh, – you know, injury. It's it's a it's a laundry list. I mean, of, of young talent that have torn their ACL for a running back position for Baltimore. It's crazy. Uh, just a terrible luck the team and the players have had. But I mean, AFC also. I mean, you know, Miami, right there. I'm certainly not counting. Despite my previous comments, I'm certainly not counting the Chiefs out. If you have Mahomes and Kelsey locked in, and your defense even plays mediocre, you can still win playoff games. Um. You know, the Chiefs are probably where the the real sure thing for me ends. Jacksonville, while way better than they were a year or two years ago, they're still kind of growing and figuring things out. Trevor Lawrence is still not like that dominant guy they thought he was going to be. But again, still young, still developing. It's fine. They've done what they had to do to make this competitive team. And... You know, I think the Lions have kind of wavered a little bit recently, but they're number three right now because, you know, the, well, they're actually number four because the Cowboys and Eagles are tied at two. Uh, but they could really upset some people. And then I think that kind of stops. I'm really not concerned about the Bucks, Vikings, or Rams consistently. Again, I think any team's capable of going in and beating other teams. But I... I don't have a lot of concern about the top team struggling recently, and I don't think anyone's untouchable. Uh, I, I I tend to agree with you for the most part, other than the Niners. But um, well, what, what, do you, what do we disagree on? Because I, I just said that I thought they were great. No, that's that's it. That's I, I just think I I think in, in my personal opinion, I think you can pencil almost right in pen the Niners at minimum in the NFC championship game at minimum. I would even go, I would even go far to say that they're almost locked for the Super Bowl. I just don't think anybody, okay. I don't think anyone in this conference um, even can compete with the Niners with the, what they put on the field offensively and defensively. It's just a matter of, Health, and that's for any team. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. The Eagles lose AJ Brown; they're 
they're in, they're in a bad shape. The Dallas Cowboys lose Tony Pollard. They're in rough shape. Like I can go down the list. So that's kind of for every team health matters. Um, like you said, the the Ravens just lost their running back, but that's not gonna that's not gonna put them in a a, po- a hole. What would put them in a hole is losing Lamar. That would put them in a hole. Um, the only thing I'll say to kind of leave this off: um, Jacksonville needs to. Jacksonville is in a position right now where they're number four, but they can quickly, very easily, slip out of the playoffs completely because because of Indy and Houston both eight and six. Two game swing, man. That they don't play each other. They don't play. Jacksonville doesn't play either one of the teams. Um, and let's see, they're two and zero against the Colts. And they're they play the Texans. They're one on one against the Texans, so that kind of goes to conference or division uh, if it got to that position. But it's it's just if Jacksonville wants to be taken seriously as that next team, they kind of need to. I think they need to go out this weekend. I don't know if it's actually gonna. Give them the the division, but they're going against the Bucks. Bucks obviously need to win because they want to keep the playoff hopes alive. But they need to win. I think two out of three. I think the next three games that will cement them for the playoffs. And they have the Panthers in there, so that's almost. I don't want to say it, but playing the Panthers right now is almost a guaranteed win. Seems like but, it, <laughs> unless you ask the Falcons. Um, but to to take that next step. As we, we keep talking about this. We've talked about it with Mahomes. We've talked about it with Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Like, go, go down the list of, of quarterback-led teams. And that's just to, not to speci- specify just a quarterback, but those iterations of teams to take that step. Um, Trevor needs to cement himself and the Jaguars as we're going to win this division convincingly. We're going to win the playoffs, and we're going to we're uh, we're going to start performing. We're going to start moving the the needle in Jacksonville to be what they were before they the two seasons before they traded the trade started trading players away. Oh, what's that? 18? 17, yeah, 18? 17, 18 around there. Yeah, right after yeah. they won the FC chart, won the FC championship game. Um, I just think I think that's what they need to do. Um. The problem they're going to have is, I, I don't know what Anthony Richardson's going to be. I don't. It's not a knock on him. It's just got injured early in the season. He's done. I'm seeing what CJ Stroud is, and if I'm Jacksonville, I'm concerned because you see what he's doing with no knock on the receivers they have. If you get him another receiver, or you make a trade, as we've seen in recent history, if you make a trade for a talented wide receiver. And bring him in and match him with receivers you have on a team. Houston can be real scary, real quick. Oh, yeah. And their head coach is a defensive minded head coach. So if your offense is ripping it and your defensive head coach is just steamrolling people, now you got a problem. And now you have this generational 
supposed generational talent in Trevor Lawrence now fighting for wild card spots. And that's not what I don't think this is what Jacksonville's front office signed up for when they tanked for Trevor and were trying to build this team up. They weren't really expecting this. And now, now look what's going to happen. I, that's my belief. I don't know how you feel. I think, I don't know who. I think they're going to make a move this offseason. Equal to Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown. Jacksonville? Stephen, uh, no, uh, uh, Houston. Oh, okay. They're going to make that kind of deal. You know what I mean? You have... You have your uh, your other wide receivers. You're gonna go get that that, that number one. Yeah, I, I don't know who it is. Interesting. Um, but that's what I think they're gonna do because they're that's what they're gonna identify. They're gonna identify as that is a problem, and they're gonna go get him. Who him is? I don't know. I'll uh, I'll dig into it because, as you're aware, I have a little bit more time on my hands. <laughs> I've um, heard. Uh, so uh, I might dig into that and bring that up. If not in as the season goes on, maybe in the off season, but I definitely think this is one of those. And I'm not talking about like if Stephon Gilmore gets aggravated once out of Buffalo. That's that's not the deal. Um, I'm talking about that prime. You know what I'm talking about, like oh, that yeah. prime wide yep. receiver, yep. where he's he's entering his prime. Or he. You mean Stephon Diggs? Of, that's what I meant, Stephon. Okay, Diggs. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, wait, Gilmore's in Buffalo? I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Stefan Diggs right now is not that's not that kind of trade that's gonna set you over the top. Um, but I'll, I'll find a player that's there's a couple out there, and I'm sure if you're thinking out there, like, well, Ben, you can bring up, like, I don't want to bring up any particular player right now, I want to kind of dig in and see. Um, because there's a couple players they might be able to just make a free agent sign for. And just throw a bunch of money at him, but um, we'll, we'll save that for. Yeah, for we'll we'll day. we'll get into more of uh, this as the like I said season goes on, and, and we'll definitely do a playoff episode before the playoffs start, and and you know go through all the matchups. But right right now, just to finish it up here, just to wrap this up, two teams. I obviously already told me one of the teams in the a- NFC. Yep, AFC Championship, NFC Championship game. Right now, the way teams are playing, who do you have in the AFC NFC? Uh, obviously, a- NFC. I have um, the the Niners. Yep. Um, honestly, Chris, they're gutsy. They're able to throw up points like crazy. Um, yeah, they're they're not. I don't want to say they're inconsistent because you know they have a good, a really good record. I think we're looking at the three seed right now, Detroit Lions in the in the championship game. In San Francisco, that's that's what I see. And then uh, I so want to agree with you, but I got to go San Fran and Philly again. I, I I so want to see the Lions do it because I think they're capable of it. But I, I yeah, that'll be my I, I I'll go Niners Eagles again. You're gonna go Niners Lions. You got any AFC? All right, and I want to. I really want to go with this, but. Something tells me that Mahomes is going to be in the AFC Championship game. I don't know what it is. He's going to be there. I want it to be Baltimore. 
but I feel like somehow it's going to be Miami. Uh, Miami and uh, I'm, Chiefs. I'm going to go with both. I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm going to go. I'm not going to go with my head. I'm going to go with my heart. It's going to be Baltimore and um, Kansas City, and they're going to be playing the AFC Championship game in Baltimore. That is what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going Baltimore, Miami. Interesting. Because while Miami has proven they have a tendency to, uh, you know, kind of disappear at times during games, they're just so explosive and there's so much talent and they're so fast. Like, it's – I don't think when the Miami's on, uh, uh, like, the Chiefs would be able to stop them, honestly. Um, and if, if Hill's healthy and everybody else is healthy, then it's going to be crazy. And the Ravens have done nothing to prove to me that they – they can't be there. So I agree it's going to be played in Baltimore, and I think I think you could have a very exciting Super Bowl matchup. But we will get into that at a later date. Uh, are you all set or anything else? All set. I'm all set. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Episode 213 of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. We greatly appreciate your support. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, and Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, write a rating and a review, and uh, subscribe and ask a friend to do the same. We'd appreciate the support and getting the word out. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next time. Thank you.